This is Ron Moss Ministries. On the other day uh, in this series of talking about love, uh, I talked about the relationship I had uh, with my twin brother and our family and how we were able to accept uh, his lifestyle or accept his difference or differences and how we were able to overcome his differences as well as all of our differences, if we're honest, uh, by loving each other in spite of. And I thought it was important to share that because we kind of live in this toxic environment right now where it seems that hate has kind of overwhelmed us and love is kind of, you know, not where it needs to be, which I believe that, you know, it needs to be in all of our conversations and all of our lifestyles and all of our living every day. But I wanted to try to finish the story because, you know, I wanted to also share with you that in December of 1996, uh, I got a phone call and it was from my baby sister who had told me that my twin brother had got sick on at work and they had took him to the hospital. I at the time was living in Clemson, South Carolina, which is where I'm, where I'm from, I'm born, and left to go to Virginia. My brother at the time was living in Portsmouth, Virginia, and left for that seven-hour trip to go and see him and see what was going on. I, re- I remember it so well because I remember walking into the hospital, and me and my brother wasn't identical twins. We were fraternal twins, but as we got older, we started to look more and more alike. And I remember walking into the hospital and walking into his unit and he was in in this enclosure bed and the nurse kind of jumped and she said, oh, my God, y'all do look alike. Uh, Apparently he had told her he had a twin brother. And I remember going in on that December, uh, late December, I think it was December the 28th and and asking him what was going on. And he said that he didn't know that he would get real dizzy and you know, when he would walk around for a while, he couldn't stand up but so long and he would have to sit down. Uh, they were already running tests on him to find out what was going on. And, and, and I remember a couple of days after that, the doctors were still running tests. And I remember one day the nurse asked me, uh, pulled me to the side and asked me a very important question. And she said, he said that, is your brother gay? And I said, yes. And he said, the reason why I'm asking is that a friend of his came to see him and his friend looked very, very bad as far as his physical appearance. And, you know, it just seemed to me by the conversation that it it was either a present relationship or a past relationship. And I wanted to be as private as I could and ask one of you, one of the family members, because what I want, what we want to do, because we haven't done this, we want to run an HIV AIDS test on him. And my brother was still conscious at the time. And I said, just go in there and tell him that and ask him. He'll tell you he's not ashamed of who he is. And I remember uh, after that, the, the, the nurse coming out of his room, I went back in and asked him, I said, you know, did you ever think about that? Do you Do you think that you might have AIDS? And if you do, what do you think? And I remember my brother said this as calmly as he could. He said, if I do, then I guess I got get, I, I have to get ready to die. 
and and at the, at that time it didn't really stick with me. You know what I mean? You know he he's my he's my he's my twin brother. He's young. He's energetic. He exercises. He runs. This is going to be okay. That was my thought. This this is going to work out. Everything's going to be okay. And and I remember because that was December the twenty eighth, twenty ninth, thirtieth, and around the thirty first, uh, you know, getting ready to go into the new year. I remember going to a, a church in that area that I had never been to, but was invited to, and felt like I needed to go and and, and be in an atmosphere of spiritual people, and felt like I needed to be in an atmosphere where I needed to pray, and and I can even remember. The first time in my life I had ever got up and did a public testimony, but I, I was willing to do anything and everything for my brother to get healthy again, for my brother to survive whatever he was going through. And I remember it was either the first or the second of of January of nineteen ninety eight. Uh, I remember. Uh, the doctors coming and telling us that your brother had an advanced case of AIDS and it was eating his brain tissue away and he probably wouldn't survive the rest of that day. And, uh, and it was almost like I was in a time warp because I was trying to face the reality that in a few hours, possibly that I would lose the person that was closest to me and I would never see him again on this side of the earth. And and it, it, it destroyed me. It it, it broke me down. It, it made me question life. It made me question God. It made me question the universe. It made me question everything that was that was a part of the universe. How could this happen to him? How could something this tragic be getting ready to take place in our family? He was kind of the stalwart. He was the person that kind of led the example of life and living and, and enjoying life. And, and here it is now that that person, my twin brother, could possibly be taken away from us. And I remember that, that afternoon, uh, me and my oldest sister was in the room with him. And I remember the doctor telling us that the, you know, he had a very strong heart and his heart was, it, it was pumping, you know, wouldn't stop pumping. And, uh, and, and I remember going up to my brother and whispering in his ear and telling him that, uh, don't worry about us, that we are going to be okay. You know, we're going to be supportive of each other. We're going to, we're going to keep it going. What you started, we're going to keep it going. And I can, I can remember a, a tear and, and I, I'm trying to remember in my mind what's, what I, what side of the face, I think it was on the left side, went down his cheek and when it did, he flatlined. And I remember my oldest sister uh, somewhat collapsing and uh, or getting very emotional. And my dad kind of came in the room and helped her. And, 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 and I was just kind of frozen in state for a minute. And I remember the rest of the family coming in. And, and, and it really, really got emotional. And I need to tell you this because... You know, what I got out of that, and it took some time, don't get me wrong, I can remember the first nine months of of him being dead. I didn't want to live anymore. And I remember one night the Holy Spirit came into the room and and told me he was never yours anyway, that he was always mine, and just be grateful that I gave him to you for 35 years. 
And I remember that day because it literally changed my life and the way I looked at life. I looked at life from a very special place at that point. I had to make my life mean something. And in the process of me living, it would also allow my brother to continue to live too. And so I, I spent I've spent time counseling people. At one point in my life, I was a HIV AIDS tester and counselor, uh, still very involved in in talking to people who are HIV positive or having uh, issues where families can't you know come to terms with their sexual orientation, you know, because I believe that love still makes the difference, and I believe if we kind of get to a point in life where we can excuse ourselves from trying to be God and, and, and really try to be people who are like God. And if we can be like God, then that mean we love folk in spite of I, my hope and my prayer is that you'll take this for whatever's going on in your life, whatever's going on in your family's life, or it could be friends. Don't be so critical and hypocritical. Do your very best to learn how to love, even when it looks like love is nowhere around. God bless you. And may heaven always smile upon you. Oh, yeah. Peace.